Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Small Business Big Stories podcast. On this episode, I get to talk to an incredible young woman who started a business with her sisters and they've really taken the idea of removing that taboo from mental health and expressing it through art. Uh, I get to talk to her about the dynamic she has with her sisters, how they make business work, how they sort of keep that divide uh, and that separation between uh, business and personal, which I've never thought was a good idea, but (laughs) it works for her and her sisters. And uh, she gets to tell me a little bit about her mental health journey and how she makes that a priority, um, especially with all of the things that she is juggling throughout her day to day. Uh, So stay tuned because you're in for a good one. Hey, Sabrina. So great to have you on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm really excited to talk to you today about your business. Um, I know a little bit about it and I also ordered something from your amazing site. So I'm really excited to get it. Uh, I am actually going to pass it off to you right away because I mean, nobody introduces them like a person better than themselves. So let everyone know who you are and what amazing business actually business is that we're going to talk about today. That sounds good, but first of all, I'm excited for you to get your your cozies from us soon, hopefully. <laughs> um, yeah, that's exciting. Um, but I guess, um, I don't even know where to start with that. Um, I guess the, the main business right now that I've been running with is called Spirit Redefined. Um, yeah. It's a clothing line or streetwear line that helps to redefine individuals, um, specifically people with mental health um, challenges or experiences. And it's like a really great way to empower them. So we tie uh, animals that have like very strong, we call them spirits or characteristics. And we help people identify with either that spirit or that animal. So for example, I'm wearing the lion, uh, the lion t-shirt and the lion stands for uh, courage. And so I can, you know, I feel more like I have the courage of a lion rather than all these other problems that I have. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, And yeah, I guess that answers uh, one of the questions that I was actually gonna ask you. (laughs) Um, But in terms of like, which animal would you, would you probably define uh, yourself as? But I'm sure, I mean, do you feel as though you kind of go through waves where you would define yourself as a different animal day by day. Yeah, for sure. For (laughs) sure. For sure. And I think like sometimes I'm attached to the spirit by itself and then Mm -hmm. other times I'm attached to like the actual animal. Um, So I definitely like love the lion. um, But I also, the other, like I own all of them, of course, but (laughs) (laughs) but, um, one of our most popular ones is resilience, which is the hummingbird. And like, I, I definitely like think that's another one of my favorites for sure. That's awesome. So what was your aha moment of wanting to start this particular brand? What was it that really ignited that sort of motivation or dedication in regards to this cause uh, and 
going in the direction of clothing too. Yeah. So we actually have like a parent company and the parent company is called Redefine Mental Health. And okay. so with, with that company, we're developing a platform to help people access mental health care services. Mm-hmm. And so while we developed that, we were looking for funding opportunities and a lot of them, like there's so many different criteria and some of them we fit, some of them we didn't. And, you know, the, the whole process of getting funded, it takes a long time. And right. so we were kind of like, how do we expedite this? But also while we're kind of in this holding phase of developing this platform, how can we start building an audience so that when we're ready to launch, we have people that we can launch to. Yeah. So that's kind of where the clothing line idea came, where it was a, we're very passionate about mental health in like generally speaking, right. um, it's a great way to help fund the platform that's actually going to be helping people get the things like the services and tools and uh, resources that they need to you know, improve their life. Um, but then also like, this is kind of more of an internal thing by, by having people like wear clothing that they can, that makes them feel empowered. It's more like in, inwardly directed rather than like outwardly. So that was kind of like, yeah, that was kind of like the natural progression of it. Um, and I think to your point, like we didn't have to do clothing. This could have been like any kind of business. Mm-hmm. Um, the aha moment for the clothing line was so one of my cousins sent me um, a post on Instagram from another like mental health apparel company okay and I was like so excited and I ordered immediately and I was like this is so awesome but then like when I got it I was really self-conscious of wearing it because I felt like I was advertising mental health and like as much as I like am an advocate of mental health I also like don't want to have to like advertise it everywhere I go. Absolutely. And, like, you know, it was just like also it's not very like appropriate to be wearing it everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like the aha moment where it was like, this is great what I'm wearing, but it doesn't fulfill my need, you know? And so that was kind of like where that progression happened. And thankfully, my both my sisters are like, like they have a great sense of style and fashion. Um, so it kind of just naturally worked like that. Yeah. Even the choice of colors, uh, and how simple the designs are. And like you said, it's not overtly saying like, you know, whatever your mental health issue might be like right across your chest. Uh, it's something that's stylish, but it's something that you can directly connect to. Like people on the outside don't have to fully, see it all and be exposed to it all, but you know, wearing it, uh, what it is that it represents. And even, yeah, the beautiful color choices as well. Like these, these really nice earth tone colors. Um, and even like the white is so nice and classic and simple. And so you were saying this was all thanks to your sisters. So I actually did all the designs. Um, So, yeah, I mean, um, my, my younger sister, she's got a great sense of style. So I kind of did all the designs. I showed them to her. She kind of helped me. Like she said, it's like really bad or it's good or keep it this way or, you know, um, so she helped with that. And now she's kind of taken the social media and she's running with that. Um, but in terms of designs, I, I, I did all of that. Um, there were like, every single design has a specific purpose. The color choice, like gold is because we want, you know, people who deal with mental health, they 
tend like they tend to be treated like you know you're not like as important yeah or as important you know like even this other company I was referencing Mm -hmm. the the clothing doesn't make me feel special right and like why is all why do all these companies do that like we want it to be like it's gold because you're you know like you are premium and like it's like a luck like you should feel like you're the best when you wear it yeah um so yeah every single design the way we designed it um has a specific purpose so there's like the varsity line there's the classic line the basic line and they all have like there was a purpose behind every single thing um so yeah like um yeah it was really cool and then also like we love this look of like royalty Mm-hmm. And so that's why all of our clothing only comes in four colors, black, navy blue, green, and white, because we wanted the gold to be like, always seem like it's, you know, you're like your royal, a part yeah. of like the royal family sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. Really distinct and really identifiable too. I find when clothing companies uh, go a little, I mean, depending on what it is, but if they go a little, you know, sort of off, um, it's hard to identify them as a brand. Right. Whereas for you guys, as soon as I went on the site, I was like, this is so clear to me what their intention was behind it. And I, I knew right away, I didn't know what the significance of each color was or the design, but I knew that there was a significance, uh, just because of how consistent, uh, everything was. So awesome. yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. And like I said, in the beginning, I can't wait. You guys just came out with the, uh, with, uh, I can't even think of the word right now with the hats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are probably like one of our newer products. Yeah. Um, that, and yeah, there's a, there's a few and we're, ha- we're going to launch a special edition pretty soon. So, um, but yeah, the beanies are probably the newest. Uh, love it. Down there. Yeah, I love a good beanie. So I'm really, I'm really excited about that. Uh, so you. like you said, this brand really started on the basis of helping people access mental health resources. Right. So where does I, I remember when I was going onto the site and there was like a gift that I could choose. And essentially it brought me to a point where I guess some of what I spend goes to like a percentage of what I spend goes to um, helping others access uh, mental health resources. So what does that look like? Like what, what does it mean to access mental health resources? What does it mean to give people like, where do the funds go to help those people? Right. So like, like I mentioned before, we're creating a platform and yeah. that platform is going to help people access care and like resources. Okay. So right now there, there's a really big gap in the Canadian mental health care system. So if you're in a crisis, um, a lot of people don't know what to do. Do you call 911? Who do you, like, how do you talk to someone when you call 911? Right. Who do you go to if you need shelter? What do you do if you see someone in a, in a distressful situation? And sure, you can Google a lot of this stuff, but Google doesn't have all the answers because a, there's CAMH, there's CMHA, there's Health Canada. They all have maybe the same information. Maybe they have conflicting information, but it's not actionable. Right. The other thing, the other thing is, you know, mental health care is very specific. Like, you know, if you you have like um, 
severe symptoms. So for example, if you have like suicidal ideation, um, I don't remember where I was going with this thought. Sorry, can we, (laughs) can we do this? (laughs) Um, I don't remember where that thought was going. I get so passionate sometimes and I like, (laughs) no, absolutely. Um, I think maybe what you were trying to get at is like where people can go for these specific situations. Like if they have suicidal ideations or because I do find that to be an issue, right? Where yes, people probably feel like there's something wrong, but maybe they don't even know what to search. Totally. They don't know what to search. Sometimes the information that they find, like I find it's oftentimes like a rabbit hole, right? So you search one thing and then you don't get the information. So it's like all the information that's needed is really hidden and we what we want to try to do is kind of erase the noise and so it's more of like a an easier way to access the information that you need so if I have a friend who um, is in distress and she's in a crisis situation there's different things I can do but I need to know those options right right so basically we're, we're creating a platform that helps create that path. Good. And that path might not, it might not be just a, it might be like ABCD. These are your options sort of thing. Yeah. And this is what you can expect, you know, like the other thing is asking for help is not easy. And so if you can help people understand, okay, when you do ask for help, this is what you might experience. So then that way it's a little bit less overwhelming. Consider like when you go to the gym for the first time, sometimes it's like intimidating seeing like all these like muscles everywhere and like all these weights, you know, like you don't, you don't know what to do. (laughs) Yeah. Like you don't know what to do. Right. Um, and so, but when you like have somebody walk you through everything and like show you what to do and you start small, it's a bit less intimidating. And I think, you know, that's a really good example for mental health. Like asking for help isn't easy no matter how, how much it's needed, it's not easy. So when you lessen that burden by helping people prepare, it's, it, it becomes a bit easier. Yeah. You just sort of sparked a thought for me too. I know that there's some cultures, um, or some families where mental health is a very taboo subject. Uh, it's something that is either never talked about or because of just family beliefs it would almost be a disrespect to the family name if there, if you had ever even talked about dealing with things like this. So right. I think that your clothing line is such a perfect way for people to identify without overtly identifying, if that makes sense. Totally. Because, like, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean, to, didn't mean to cut you off. No worries. But- the, the nice thing about like Spirit Redefined is you don't actually have to be dealing with mental health to like purchase the clothing. Like it, c- it can be for anybody, for right? Sure. And the profits go to help, right? Um, but also it's like, also like I wear my lion because of somebody else I know. And like, I see her as like the most courageous person ever. And so that's why I'm wearing, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be for your, like you can wear it for yourself because- yes. I don't have a mental illness, but I still feel like I need to be empowering myself. Um, So yeah, I I agree. Like the subtleness of it doesn't make it 
feel like it's uh, an overall mental health issue. Right. 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 And that you have to like profess it to the world, um, especially if you're coming from a situation where that's not, that maybe not so accepting. Right. Exactly. So that actually segues really nicely into uh, my next question, which is uh, you directly being affected by mental health. And was this, or either a family member or a friend, and did this play into you creating Spirit Redefined? Yeah, I think like the three of us have experienced like many people in our life who like we've, we've seen how mental health can affect and the three of us, I mean, my sisters and I, yes. um, uh, like we've seen how mental health like can impact somebody's like livelihood. Right. And right. like, for me, for me personally, like as a fitness coach, kind of the, the most eye-opening experience was when I started selling gym memberships. And I remember so, because like people would always come and be like, oh, I want to lose weight. And I'd always say, well, no, you don't like, why do you want to lose weight? Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, sure. If you want to lose weight, fine. But like, that's not your goal. What is like, why, why is it important to you to lose weight? And that's when like, you really see like how much mental health impacts somebody's life. You know, it's, it's, I don't see myself. I don't love myself the way. I did when I was like fit before. Right. And then like just different things like that. And, you know, friends and all three of us, like have known people with severe mental illness. Sophia, um, had a coworker who like uh, committed suicide. So we've been exposed to, to mental health like throughout our life. And I think, we were just kind of like at a point where we're like, we don't want to complain about it anymore. Like how bad the system is. We like want to do something about it. Right. That's great. And so that's, yeah. So the three of us just kind of put our heads together and we're like, what can we do? Yeah. Now? Well, I didn't know that it was you and your sisters working on this together and creating this together, which yes. <laughs> is, which is awesome. And I don't know yeah, I don't know a lot of people who would take this on as a family affair. I mean, yes, I know a few people, but I've always heard, you know, never mix business with family. So how has that experience been? I mean, I, I've known you for a little while now, so I feel like I know the answer, but how has the experience been with working with your sisters? Yeah, like it's interesting because the three of us are very strong-minded. Like we're all very different very different but we're still very strong-minded um we kind of like set the tone in the beginning where we were like we never have to question whether we love each other like that's never something we even need to like say right um and like our sisterhood is so strong yeah so so with that being said if we say certain things in our business it's because of the business not because we're like mad at the other person right? right so I think we had like really good boundaries in the beginning where we were like even if like this business like we get into a big fight at the end of the day we're still sisters and we still love each other right Ugh, that's um, so great that you guys are at that level of maturity to be like this is business this is sisterhood two different things yeah I mean like of course like the bad part is like we all see each other's faults like you know, immediately, 
but the even better thing is we see like the best parts of each other as well right right? so so I think that's like a really strong part of our partnership is even if my sisters annoy me I know that they're incredible because of a b c and d right and so I know like because a lot of the things that I kind of I take charge a lot. (laughs) And so like a lot of the things I just pass on and I know that it's being taken care of because Simra's like an excellent, like whatever. And Sophia is an excellent, right. You know, you all have your strengths. Exactly. So um, we can like really depend on each other. The other great thing is like, because we're sisters, we can be like brutally honest with each other. Yes. Um, And so I think at this point in life, like it doesn't bother each other when we're like honest, yeah. but yeah, like in the beginning, I was like really nervous about it. And I even Googled, um, <laughs> I Googled what to do when you start a business with your sisters oh. and most places were like, don't do it. Don't and I was, do like, it. I was like, all right, let's <laughs> give it a shot. <laughs> oh God. That is awesome. Well, uh, it's, it's really, yeah, it's interesting because I feel like I can relate in terms of the strong minded people in my family and that being a reason why I wouldn't want to get into business with them. <laughs> right. So it's really great to hear that you guys have found that balance. Uh, and speaking of balance, how do you feel like you guys incorporate and prioritize your own mental health? with like, this isn't the only business that you run. Like you also have uh, a fitness business as well, which I want to talk a little bit about. So how do you feel like you prioritize your mental health through all of this? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think it's like, honestly, like, I don't think it's ever balanced. Um, I don't really strive for balance anymore because I Mm -hmm. just don't think it's possible for like, an entrepreneur's lifestyle to have like perfect harmony. Um, And especially like with COVID, I find it's interesting because I've always said, if I had like, if I didn't have to go anywhere, I would be like in the best shape of my life. (laughs) And now that I don't have to go anywhere, it's just like, sometimes it's just like a mental, like I can't like I don't want to work out. Like I've just been cooped up in my room. I feel lazy and I'm just not going to do anything. Right. Um, But lately, like I've really been, um, especially because I want the business to be successful. I've been putting a lot more time into um, taking care of like my mental health proactively. Right. I think like life for everybody. Yeah. I think I was listening to a podcast with Jerry Seinfeld. I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. And mm-hmm. I, I remember hearing, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he talked about having episodes of depression. And I thought that was really interesting. Cause I never like, you know, like he's just not a comedian. I associated depression with and yeah. he said, yeah. And he was like, just like, yeah, like I get depressed, but then I get over it. Like it's just kind of ebbs and flows. And he's like, everyone's like that. And then I thought about that. I was like, yeah, we all have like those periods in life where we're like, everything's like sucks but then like oh no everything's fine but then you know we all kind of go through that so I was kind of I felt like that all today <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then there's people like you <laughs> who go through those ebbs and flows every day you know? yeah no I appreciate um, that that's yeah yeah so I I think um I think 
when he when he said that I was like yeah that's that's so true like there are times in life where like a whole week just sucks you know and it's just like I don't I hate everyone I hate everything and my life is just like not where I wanted to be right right? and so just like maybe two months ago or something I decided to do something for myself um and this was me trying to be proactive about it so that when I go into that dip how am I going to keep my head above water so that I'm still being productive or still getting some good material out um and it's been working really great I mean I don't think I've hit that low yet or anything like that but um yeah it's been it's been good I think like the most important thing and this is what I tell my clients is just focus on one thing at a time yeah and and it's hard because for some reason we live in a society where multitasking is promoted and encouraged and I think this has a big thing to do with it uh and just the nature of our jobs now just the nature of the way society works But I think right there, what you said about being proactive and taking things step by step, not waiting for yourself to have a complete breakdown, setting yourself up so that when you do have those tough moments, you're as equipped as you can be to take a step back and be like, okay, it sucks. This moment sucks right now. How am I going to just prioritize myself and my mind and my body and just take a second to breathe. So yeah, I love, I love that you said that, that just being proactive. I mean, it makes sense, but you really like set off a trigger in me where it's just like putting certain practices into place so that when you do hit those hard times, you're, I'm not going to say like, you're perfectly equipped. Like you're going to handle it, right? you know, and get an A plus every time, but you're going to feel a little bit better each time you hit a rough patch. Exactly. So, and like, yeah. it, do, it doesn't need to be big things. Like I have three things I do every single day and it like, doesn't matter how, like how tired I am. And that's designed, I designed it to be on my worst day. I, what am I able to do? And that's how I decided on those three things. And yeah. so I think you hit it on the nail, the, the nail on the head um, when you said like we multitask and we put so much pressure on ourselves and that's so true. And that's partially why like I stripped it at, down like to bones. Like if I'm like sick with the flu, what are three things I can still do? Right. Yeah. And I think that's the key. Would you mind sharing those three things? I, I don't, I don't. Okay. So um, like in the design community, they do these like 100 day challenges where you just design like one thing. And so it could be like, I don't know, an object and you do it a hundred days in a row and you're not allowed to skip a day. And if you skip a day, you have to restart. Okay. So I, I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. So design one thing every day. Yes. Um, that's one of them. The second one is I walk or move for one kilometer minimum every day. And then I have to read one page every day. And so I told my sister this and she laughed at me and she was like, Sabrina, you read, you could read a book in a day. You can like walk, like I could, I can walk forever. Or (laughs) like, I like, I (laughs) totally, totally. I just came back from a walk. 
Oh, but wow. I, like, I'm a, I used to be a runner. So, like, I, I've, I've ran, like, a marathon before. I've ah, ran like, okay. multiple halves. So, like, walking a kilometer is, like, no big deal. But yeah. I told her, like, these goals are, A, to be consistent every single day. I can't miss a day for 100 days. Mm-hmm. right and she's like well how about because she was over the other day and she was like um just don't go like I'm here so just don't go just do double tomorrow and I was like that's not how it works I have to do it every day no matter how tired no matter how drained I am every single day those three things and I haven't like I'm I don't know on day like 60 or something yeah and I have like it's the most focused I've been on myself, even though it's like three, like, like seriously, like the smallest things I could f- think of. Yeah. But there are three things that I do for myself every single day. And you find, I'm sure you find peace in that. Totally. I mean, like usually my walks last longer than one kilometer, but yeah. again, it's just kind of like bare minimum. Um, yeah. But this is the most consistent I've been with these walks and I feel clear, like my mind is just so so much more clear. I feel like I've always had a lot of energy, but I feel like it's like controlled energy now in a way. Mm. Um, I feel like more at peace for sure. And then I also feel like I'm a bit more creative because I'm still also doing that design. Like I I still design something every day. Right. Like I feel like I'm hitting certain things differently than I usually would. Yeah. And you know, again, we're of this time and we're of the generation where we are working a full-time job. So you're in marketing uh, and then you have Spirit Redefined and then you have your fitness business. So it's just, you've got to find those things. Like you said, you've got to find that peace, that consistency in those little things to, to really just center yourself. And I, I have found that as well. And it's, it can be surprising for some people to hear, but it's been a recent journey for me because I, I think a lot of people feel as though people who are in fitness or health and wellness, that they've just like got their shit together and (laughs) they, they're the experts in life and they just got it down packed. And honestly, it can be the complete opposite. Totally. Because we are in a business or a, in an industry where it's so client focused, sometimes we forget about ourselves. Totally. It's yeah. so easy to forget about ourselves. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And yeah. I see it more often, right? I see like so many trainers um, that either take it like to one extreme or the other. Right. Um, and yeah, I feel that a lot too. Like it's hard to, it's hard to like take the time out for yourself because like, at least for myself, because sometimes it's like, well, I'm helping other people. And so that's important, right? Exactly. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with because, and I can, I feel like you can relate to this, but giving to others uh, is a big part of my happiness and right. a big sense of reward. So it's difficult sometimes to think, oh, but I love this feeling so much, but you also need to take your own break, your own mental break and give to yourself. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, and that sort of brings me into taking your class. 
So I wanted to give a little to myself and I took your, so is this your, is this your typical kickboxing class? No, that's like a strength and conditioning class. So um, yeah, pre COVID we do like kickboxing, but now since everything's online, I don't really do kickboxing anymore. Um, I like, I would say not at all. Right. Um, just because the style of kickboxing that I teach, um, I didn't feel like it was best suited for online. Like it can be, but right. um, I just felt like doing just these fitness style, like boot camp style uh, classes was better for my clients. Yeah. I was feeling like some like 40 and 50 year olds kicking my butt. <laughs> And really age is nothing but a number, uh, but the class was awesome. The energy was amazing. It's so cool that you get to connect with people all across the country and within other countries as well. So yeah, yeah I mean, just to be able to do that and again, give to others is such an incredible feeling. Uh, yeah. But how like in the fitness sense so you told me that you you go for your walks um but also and i think the way that we met as well uh is through kettlebell so that's yeah. is that like another love of yours you're so good at it my gosh i <laughs> uh, no, I, I wouldn't say i'm that good at it but um it's yeah i love i love kettlebells and kickboxing those are my two like the loves of my life in terms of fitness um I mean, that's not true. I, I love a lot of things. <laughs> right. I, I definitely love moving and I love like just being active, I think. Um, but yeah, like the, in terms of my fitness, I, I've been doing kettlebell for, I got my Agatsu certification like uh, back in 2015. 2015. I can't believe, I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah, six years. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> crazy. And I just, I love kettlebell because it's like this, like movement, you know, it's not just like standing there, just moving arms or legs. It's like you're using your whole body, which is like very similar to kickboxing where like you have to be able to move with like grace, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I love that. I, I, I used to play tennis. I was um, the number one's double team in our region back in high school. <laughs> wow. You were no, like, I'm just, I'm just showing off now. <laughs> just showing <laughs> off. Um, so yeah, uh, I picked it up again, uh, before COVID. I actually picked it up with a friend of mine. We were playing pretty consistently and then COVID hit. And, um, I was also playing regular volleyball. Wow. Like, yeah, before COVID I was, playing tennis twice a week, volleyball, like three times a week. Um, and I was kickboxing like two, two times a week, something like that. So that's incredible. Yeah. I, uh, my story is a little bit of the opposite where I wasn't super active as I, as I was growing up, uh, I did dabble in a few things, but, uh, when school became a very big priority for me, like I rather sit and read a book than go outside, uh, and kick a ball around after a while, but it has re-entered my life over the last five years. And that drove me to want to get certified and, and teach others. Uh, but I wanted to sort of get back into, before we get into our lightning round, um, 
get back into how you feel like you've had to adjust your fitness classes uh, based on our circumstance, uh, based on COVID and, and having to move everything online. So you mentioned, you know, you don't really do your kickboxing style classes anymore. Uh, what, what have you felt like the Zoom world has brought to your life? Good or bad? Um, that's an interesting question. I mean, like I've been teaching for a long, like my background's actually in martial arts. I, I was telling you all these. You just do everything. Like it's, it's uh, <laughs> like, I've been teaching since like, I, I started martial arts when I was four and I started teaching when I was 12. Um, and so I've been teaching a long time. So I, I have fun ad- adapting to different circumstances just because like when I was 12, I was teaching this. And then when I was 19, I started teaching different things. And then when I moved here to Canada, I was starting to teach kickboxing and boot camp classes. So, but I started with the little ones and then I worked my way up to adults. So like, I think to me, it was like a natural thing to start doing is changing my circumstance. Yeah. Right. Um, So in many ways, I feel like I've had to be this is the first time obviously like it's been online like every time it's been in person yes um but like I really embrace it like I my clients didn't miss a class they didn't miss from in person to online they didn't miss a single class like no I like was, your energy your energy is so infectious thank you yeah. <laughs> but yeah like I I, I really embraced like okay, we're locked down in person. Let's go online. All my clients knew like they were ready to go. So like since day one, I've had clients, thankfully. Um, and I think that actually the biggest learning lesson for me is probably like a deeper connection with my clients. Um, that's the best thing that I've learned from this is like, I was like following up more regularly with my clients. I was like, really like, more aware of like their situation during COVID because we all are now in the same situation. Yeah. And so like, I didn't just check up on my friends to make sure they were doing okay. I was checking up on clients. So I was like deepening my connections with them. Um, The hardest part is like trying to stay creative online. You know, like it's different when you're in person, you can bring different equipment, you can uh, have different space, different environment, but I can't tell my clients, well, today's workout's going to be outside and like, make sure you run like 500 meters. Like it doesn't work that way. Right. So it's like, how do you, it's been a year. Like, how do we, how do I make it still engaging enough for people who've done like their 300th class with me? (laughs) Right. But I think that says a lot about you as a businesswoman too, is that you, it was so easy for you Um, or simple. I mean, I know that there's a difference, but it was simple for you to make that transition and to adapt. And I think that is super important, especially right now in our current climate, Uh, a super important quality to have as an entrepreneur is to find ways to adapt and being okay with having to adapt. Right. I think like, I think um, a downfall of us fitness folk is that we tend to force positive situations on us. So like, I don't know about you, but when COVID hit, I was like, this is going to be, this is good. Like everyone has to like see the good in this, you know? 
I mean, like I wasn't telling my clients this, but I'm thinking this in my head, like, oh, yeah. everyone's complaining. Oh, you can't go anywhere. Well, like this is actually really good for us. And like, this is, you know, and I kept con- trying to convince myself of this. And I think it initially helped because I was like, so adamant that this is going to continue. And like, it really forced me to like move forward. But at the same time, I think it blinded me from like really understanding like the reality of a lot of people is like, it sucks, right? Like it sucks. And so no matter how much, like, I know we coaches, we always want to try to make things positive, but sometimes just even acknowledging, yeah, this is pretty shitty, um, is like really important. Yeah. And you know what, you made an interesting point and it's something that it's hard for me to share sometimes, but business wise, and even based on my mental health, this pandemic has done me a great favor. It has done wonders for my business and for my mental health. And I am completely on your side in that regard. Initially, it was a bit frightening, but having all of my clients online and being comfortable with that and then getting into the groove of things uh, and cutting down, cutting down on travel time. uh, And then also just having more time to focus in on myself, having more time, like you said, to be creative. Uh, those elements sort of all fell into place throughout this time. So right. I feel bad saying that in certain circles. Right. Overall, there was a lot of good that came out of this and, and continues to be, of course, a lot of loss, a lot of struggle, and that's undeniable. Right. But I think for business owners, for entrepreneurs who really adapted and were able to rise to the occasion. I know financial means uh, weren't there for everybody. And and it's hard sometimes to bring every kind of business online, but those that were able to adapt are now finding this new pathway into their business that they may have not otherwise discovered. Yeah, like I think it's a really good lesson that we can't control everything. And we can't ever be prepared for every situation. I'll keep trying to tell myself that. Like, I don't think anybody would have like been prepared for something like this, right? Like, no, I I adapted, but I wasn't prepared to do any of that stuff. Like it was, I even told my clients, like, this is a learning process for me just as much as it is for you. So let's like figure this out together. And it was kind of like this journey we both or all of us were taking together. Um, But yeah, like, I think there's nothing... And somebody else was like saying this, that they feel guilty, like talking about the good things that have been happening because like the pandemic and they've like, you know, they're, they're feeling actually pretty good. And I don't think there's like anything wrong with like acknowledging that, like, you know, it's, it's great that, you know, you're able to take better care of yourself and your business and your mental health. And like, it, it's kind of like, we don't want to like stop people from like feeling bad about themselves, like bad about their situation. Right. And so we should also feel, make people feel bad about feeling good about their situation. Right. Yeah. And so it's kind of like that, that balance between like accepting all of our situation. It's like a, a, it's a weird thing though. Like we all want to be sensitive about it, but at the same time, like it's uh, we don't want to complain, but we don't want to like talk about how, how happy good. we are. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah. I know. Okay. Well, we have reached the time. Lightning, <laughs> lightning round of questions. Right. 
as fast as uh, this, you know, pandemic has hit us and all these changes have happened, um, what better way than to really hit you with some questions really fast, mm. straight shooting. Uh, so here we go. One or two things you have learned thus far that has helped to mold you as a business owner. Um, Um, one or two things that have molded me to be a business owner. Yeah. Um, okay. So these are all things my karate instructor told me. So these are like things I learned from when I was five years old. Um, uh, you are the five people you hang out with. So make sure you choose wisely. Um, and don't take yourself too seriously, but take the things you do seriously. Oh, I love that. That one's a good one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That first one, first one, I was told that my entire life, show me who you are. It's like, show me who your friends are and I'll show you who you are. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I've learned that more and more and how important that is more, the more and more I get older, uh, is the smaller and smaller my circle has become. Yeah. And I love it. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I love that one. Okay. Uh, I feel like you sort of answered it with the shirt that you're wearing today, but maybe most times what spirit redefined animal do you most identify with? Um, I think resilience. The hummingbird? The hummingbird. Why? Um, I think that's probably what's, like, I think it's, I think resilience kind of, encompasses like courage and strength yeah um I think resilience is the reason why like I can owe a lot of my success too is not because I took the chance but because I felt like I could I went after it even though I kept failing sort of thing Hmm. you know I I yeah like I, I think that's probably the best way to explain it yeah that is a tough lesson to learn where you know, you're, you're in these situations and you feel like, you know, this is my path. This is what I meant to do. And you fail in, in certain ways. And I don't know about you, but I'm pretty hard on myself. I'm trying not to be, uh, and again, still learning a lot about myself and having my own business is forcing me to do that, but falling and getting back up is the scariest, hardest, suckiest, but best thing. Totally. Like, yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's not even, I said failure. And I think that's a big piece. I think it's also like, I don't know how long you've been training, but like five years ago when I started or almost 10 years ago, when I started teaching kickboxing, like none of the women didn't want to be my, be in my class. Like they just call like, and all the feedback like slip papers slips people used to call me names they used to say I was too fat like all these different things and I was I was told and like I was told like yeah maybe there are things that I can change but like a big part of it was like yeah the fact that I am a woman does change the way people see me like especially when I'm leading classes 
And I remember that was like a big eye opener as well. And I remember initially when I was told that I was like, I like felt kind of defeated, but then I was like, no, I can like become better from this. And I think if I didn't have that like piece of resilience to like see, okay, yeah, sure. Maybe some people don't like that I'm a woman and I'm teaching class, but I can still grow from this. And I did. Right. And so I think, I think that's a big piece of, um, a big lesson that I learned. Yeah. And the fact that honestly, you didn't really have to prove anything to them, but you prove something to yourself. That's for sure. Yeah. Like it's so interesting. Cause I, I mean, growing up with three girls, like my sisters, we don't have any brothers. And so yeah. like, I'm like really lucky, but like, we never felt like, I never knew what it was like to be like, Oh, I'm the girl. Cause like at home, all three of us had to like help mow the lawn and like carry the heavy stuff. And like, you know, I don't know if no gender norms. Even, yeah, like everything like that was expected from like a son, like we, we had no choice because my right. parents only had daughters. Yeah. So when, when somebody said that, I was like, that's interesting. Like it was really the first time um, I realized that that's a thing. And I, well, it's not the first time, but yeah. it was like around the first time I kept getting these kind of like these pieces of feedback where it was like, yeah. because I'm a woman, there are certain barriers. And I thought that was interesting. And I think more importantly, I, I chose to like learn from it. Like I, I don't feel bitter about it. Yeah. I think it, it made me better when people told me that um, all these different things, because then I learned like, okay, I, I can evolve and I can change and I can become better. And maybe guys don't have to do that, but they don't know like the, the changes I had, like, you know, how much resilience I had to have in order to be the person I am today. Absolutely. And I mean, even females today, women today are continuing to break barriers and continuing just to prove to themselves. Cause I hate saying, you know, like prove to society, we don't really have to prove anything. Uh, that we are capable of much more and we're not just our gender. We're much more than that. Yeah. So I love yeah, that. Exactly. Okay. Last question. Dead or alive, who would you want to work alongside you or advise you in your entrepreneurial endeavors? I, I, I didn't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. There's so many people. Yeah. Um, it's really hard. Like, obviously you think of like the great like innovators and like, I don't know, like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think the first person that came to my mind was one of my mentors who passed away a few years ago. Okay. He actually was a professor of mine at Seneca. Okay. Um, he became a mentor and he became a friend of mine. Um, he passed away a few years ago and oh. I find myself like kind of checking in with him. You know, like a lot of the times, because I remember like always going to him for like, oh, I have this business idea and the way he would like ask me different questions and like see problems. He, he saw problems differently than anybody else I've ever met in my life. Yeah. And so I think the first person that when I read that question, that was who I thought, but you know, it's, it's hard to answer that. Cause then I could say people who are living, I don't know. Yeah, no. 
I think that's great. I think educators, especially when you find a really good educator or a mentor is, is something that's undeniable and someone that you can springboard ideas off of and someone that you can trust with those ideas is, is really important, especially as a young adult or a young person in general. Exactly. And I think like, like you said, it's more about the connection. Um, I mean, obviously like if it wasn't about the connection, I'd say Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah I mean I wouldn't necessarily need his business advice I just want him to like entertain me all day absolutely but, uh, just your entertainment yeah but I think it's more about that connection that I had with like his name was Bob I think um he I think and like exactly what you said like as an educator you have like this really important role to like inspire people and most of them don't like if you think back to your educate, like all your years of education, I only have like three teachers that like really stand out to me. And I've had like, how many do you go through? Like I've been, I've had so many teachers. I have like one, maybe two. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's actually like really surprising when you think of it that way. Cause like, it's so hard to come by that one person who like really has that big of an impact on your life. And so I know. forever indebted to Bob. Oh. I love that. Well, Sabrina, thank you so much for taking the time out to just spend and chatting with me. And I've learned so much about you and your business. Where can people find you? Where can they find? Uh, find? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Instagram is probably the easiest. I'm Sabrina Moves and the uh, Spirit Redefined uh, Instagram is just Spirit Redefined. Awesome. Awesome guys. And when you connect with Sabrina, she does some awesome classes, awesome conditioning (laughs) classes. So please reach out to her and check out one of those. Uh, And I will tell you this, I am really excited to uh, receive my piece of spirit redefined. I think it's such an incredible idea and uh, yeah, expressing your mental health or supportive mental health through clothing and beautiful clothing, might I add, is, <laughs> uh, is a phenomenal idea. And I'm so happy to be a part of that. So thank you so much. Well, thank you, Brittany, for having me. And I hope to see you back in class soon. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm a little scared, but okay. <laughs> Don't be scared. Don't be scared. <laughs> awesome. Have a great night. Thanks, you too. Bye.